Welcome to Exposed Conferences Season 2. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today, and I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, we are sitting down with Michelle Gomez, the Latina career and life coach, speaker, and author of Own Your Brilliance, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. She's earned a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's degree in business administration. She has over 21 years of experience learning, navigating, and overcoming obstacles that plague women in the corporate environment. Gomez is passionate about helping Latinas achieve positions of power and influence through effective career planning and personal advocacy. Gomez uses her expertise in executive presence, professional communication, personal branding, leadership quality, and negotiation methods to empower Latinas towards their personal and professional goals. As a working mom holding down a corporate job while building her coaching business, Michelle helps other working moms develop a work-life design that incorporates career ambition and conscious parenting through inner feminine healing. Recently, she's launched a new era of her life coaching practice called Healed Ehas, a program focused on helping adult daughters heal their Latina mother wounds. Hi, Michelle. It's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Christina. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So recently I heard a quote and I thought a lot of our listeners would resonate. It was, you're not working from home. You're at home during a crisis trying to work. And that really spoke to me. You know, I've worked from home before on a weekly basis, at least once a week. And this is so completely different than just working from home. Schools are shut down, businesses are closed, families, pets are all quarantined together. And no matter what the living situation, I think it's important to help find solutions to create some balance in our day to day. So I'm so grateful to have you on the show today. And hopefully our listeners at home too who are listening will find some solutions to help them as well. Yes. And I've read that quote too. And I thought it was spot on because yes, is this like you, I've worked remotely probably for the past maybe five and a half, six years. And yeah, it's absolutely completely different what we're going through right now versus what we're used to in terms of having at least the flexibility to leave the house and go have appointments and, you know, even taking your laptop to a Starbucks just to get out of the the usual routine or being in your home office or sitting at your dining room table was somewhat of relief. And we can't even do that right now. So you're absolutely right. Right, exactly. And so how are you feeling during all of this? And how are you finding ways to create normalcy in your own life? Well, I will tell you the first probably two weeks, it was weird. I actually was enjoying it more than I thought, only because I'm a slow morning kind of a person. I'm an early riser and I do try to get at least at least seven hours of sleep at night. So by the time I wake up, I'm really motivated to to get on with my like morning power hour, you know, which includes like meditation, prayer, some journaling and some reading. So I really enjoy that slow morning. So I'm used to waking up early and giving myself that time before I get the kids up for school and and usually, you know, get myself ready for work. And then I would go out on the road and meet with people, you know, at different places in Southern California. So not being forced to have to get them up at a certain hour or get myself, you know, prepped and ready to go at a certain hour was a little bit of a relief. So I will say I enjoyed it more than I thought. So when other people were like kind of losing their minds a little bit, I 
was like, wow, I'm, I'm weirdly enjoying this. I don't know why. <laughs> then we hit week three and it became heavy uh, for a couple of reasons. I think I just was exposed to too much of information on the news and reading about all the, you know, the fact that New York had lost 97 people in a single day, watching body bags being pulled in the back of a 53 foot refrigerated trailer, you know, in the back of a hospital. I think that got to me. And I had like a, a maybe like three days. So I remember it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that third week where it just felt really heavy. I felt like a sense of loss and sadness. And so I just kind of let myself feel those things and then just feel, you know, my kids, they miss their friends. They miss going out. They miss, you know, I miss date nights, all the things that we were losing. It all kind of came crashing down in that time. And so I've learned to really accept it as sort of like a beach wave. You know, sometimes it comes in and you just kind of have to sit in it and the, but it eventually goes away. I've really practiced the, the understanding of the word impermanence at this time. That word has really grounded me and allowed me to just, you know, feel what I have to feel and then just move past it because it doesn't last forever. So it's been emotionally, it's been kind of up and down, more, more ups than downs, I will say. And I've also not really held myself too much of a candle in terms of parenting. Like I'm not forcing my kids to stay in this like weird structured schedule, to be like these little foot soldiers to get it all done. Because I'm like, if I'm staying in my pajamas till 3 p.m., I'm not going to get upset if they're staying in their pajamas <laughs> till 3 p.m. And it's not like we know how to function in this environment. It's not like we have a pandemic every five years and we know what to do, right? We're all experiencing this for the first time, many of us, and we're learning to navigate uh, through this. So it's not like, okay, activate pandemic mode. Boom. We know what to do. Pull out the manual. Here's what we did last time. That's not in our playbook right now. So we're learning as we go. And it's not like other times. Like we've had other things, right? We've, we've lost family members. We've had, we've lost homes. We've lost jobs. We've had other breakdowns in life. You know, marriages fall apart, you know, relationships end, We've had other losses and have learned through repetitiveness how to get through the loss and and find a brighter day and sort of pick up the pieces, right? But this, this is different. If you don't have a playbook ready, please don't be hard on yourself. We're all just trying to figure out how to function with the limited space we have and try to be still impactful in whatever role we're in at this time. And and right now, all those roles are under one roof. Mom, wife, caregiver, cook, maid, <laughs> you know, dog walker, uh, employee, business owner, all the things that are all in one one under one roof. So it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic, but it's also a great practice in resilience. And I think that's really powerful. You talked about impermanence. And I keep talking to, you know, friends and other event organizers in the industry. And I think the run of emotions, like you mentioned, day to day kind of varies. And some days are better than others. And, you know, just finding the balance. I know for myself, too, the first, I think the first week, it was actually the opposite for me. The first week, I kind of took a a little bit too seriously, maybe of, oh my gosh, I need to try and, you know, make sure my daughter sure that she's still do some sort of schooling. And, you know, I found that I was jumping between my laptop and playtime 
every other, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and it was exhausting. And then I was able to just take a step back and go, you know, this isn't, this is more stressful for me than anything. Yeah. Um, we do try and do a little bit of lessons during the week, but not nothing too crazy. We usually just try and get outside and stretch and go for a walk or a stroll. And there are days where I'm sitting on my computer for four hours of phone calls. And that's really tough because again, she's five. And, you know, to see her just sitting there coloring or watching TV or playing by herself, you know, for four hours has been tough for me, but I I know we'll get through it. And again, just trying to find little ways to connect with her when I'm not working, I think for me has been just the the mindset that, I, that I've taken at this time. Right. Um, you, you get really concerned as a parent, right? Because all you've been told for so long is don't give your kids too much screen time. Don't let kids, you know, sort of veg out the way that they're doing. But again, it's just, this is a different environment. It's kind of like, let's say there's a death in the family or something like that, or you just got some really bad news. It's like, would you push your kids to be just ultra productive in the middle of that? You know, probably not. So it's just extending a little bit of grace you know, not just only to yourself as the parent, but, you know, to the kids who are just trying to figure out how to be in this time. Exactly. So what are some things that someone can do on a daily basis to practice mindfulness or to have that, there really isn't a balance right now, but to, to have some sort of structure in their day? The first thing I want to say, I think is the most important, which is, uh, you know, try not to hold yourself too strongly to a set schedule, because especially when you're a parent, you're a business owner and a parent, you know, with kids, things change, needs change, and you can only do your best based on what's happening at the moment, right? And so while it would be nice to have this, you know, specific routine that you stick to every day, Monday through Friday, give yourself a little lag time to sort of not have something to do at least for an hour and a half, whether that's in the morning, the middle of the day, or towards the end of the evening, right before you close up your laptop and you head, you know, into the kitchen to start dinner, or whatever your schedule is in the evening. It, I think it, there needs to be some lag time. So really, I, I stick to an hour and a half for different things. So if I know I'm going to be answering emails, I give myself an hour and a half to do emails. And then if I'm going to work on a project, I give myself an hour and a half to do that project. And I find that those 90 minutes are really helpful because it sort of weirdly motivates you to get it done before 90 minutes. Let's say you get it done in an hour and 10 minutes. So you now have a 20 minute lag time before your next task. In 20 minutes, you know, with children, it's not two hours. Even these incremental times are really nice and helpful. So you can take those 20 minutes and go into your kid's room and sit with them and have a conversation or color, you know, or you can go into your teenager's room and listen to some music with them, sit down and look at a magazine, you know, just do something that it at least gives you a break before you move into the next task. So really that 90 minute time frame I think is really helpful per task. And then I also recommend that you spread out your tasks per week. Like right now, I think a lot of us are getting that pressure of, you know, use this time to work out and start a new diet. Like you can come out of this pandemic, you know, 20 pounds lighter. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice and everything. (laughs) But like, seriously, how often do we have time? I mean, if we didn't have time to go to the gym five days a week, you know, and that's a break, you're leaving the home, right? You're leaving the dogs, you're leaving the kids, you're leaving the kitchen and the laundry to go and be at a gym by yourself and just focus on you for an hour If that was hard to do, can you imagine here when you have people like, mom, I'm hungry. Oh, the phone's ringing. Oh, you know, 
the, the dog just got out. You know, there's just so many things pulling at you. So just, you know, keep it very simple and manageable. So, you know, you don't have to do five days a week, maybe start with three. And it doesn't have to be an hour long, maybe 20 minutes. It could be a walk, could be a yoga, yoga video on YouTube, could be Pilates, something that seems like fun, but at least gets your body moving in some way, shape or form. But the very, very most important thing that I recommend, Christina, is that morning power hour. That morning routine is so essential, really just to kind of be with yourself before you be with anyone else. <laughs> Right now, there's so much uncertainty. There's so many questions and so many what ifs. So maybe at this point, journaling is a good way to start. You know, after some meditation or prayer, or whatever, whatever you, centers you and grounds you. If you journal, you at least get to do a few things. You get to get a lot of things off your chest and out of your brain, so that you start your tasks with a clear head. Right? You're not taking all of this looping thoughts and worries with you into your, into your day. You're just writing them down and you can close up your journal. It's not that they go away. You're just shelving them for a couple of hours. So at least it's just not constantly looping in your head, but you also, you in journaling, you get to affirm the things you actually want for the day. You get to say, I, today, I expect this today. I believe that I am enough. I am worthy. I believe that everything that needs to get done will be get done decently and in order. It doesn't have to be perfect to be good. You know, things these that are affirm the type of energy that you want to bring into the day without the negative weights of the what ifs and what's happening and what if this goes wrong and, you know, all of that, that just stifles your energy and brings a, an extra layer of negativity that we really don't need right now. So, so this time generally might be good. Um, reading is a big one for me. I read a lot. I'm an avid reader. So I like to read because I like self-mastery. So if now is a good time to want to grow in a certain area of self-mastery, then reading is you know one chapter a day after some journaling is actually with a nice cup of coffee. That is a great way to kind of learn something new. You know, you, you let go of some negativity with your journaling. You set the intention with your journaling. You affirm what you want for the day. Then you learn something new. And then you go into your tasks feeling energized, ready to take on the day. And you set the tone for what you want the day to be rather than kind of stepping out the front door and not knowing what the weather's going to be like. Absolutely. No, I love that idea. I like the idea of just taking some time for yourself, setting the tone for the day. Yeah. And you get to really get to, people get the best version of you and they get that positive energy, that affirmation through their connection with you. So you're, you're not irritable when you talk to your kids, you're not irritable or frustrated or tired when you're talking to clients or coworkers or friends you know, a lot of us are spending a lot of time on Zoom right now, right? So you have filled your cup <laughs> before you give from an empty one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, you know, a lot of us are on Zoom right now. And that's true. Like with social distancing, I think everybody's trying to find ways to connect with their teams, with their friends, with their families. A lot of our conference organizers are leaders who are trying to lead not only their home life, but their, you know, their team's in, in their workplace. With social distancing right now, what are some suggestions that you can give to our planners who are trying to lead from home? Oh, I love this question. As leaders, you know, this is this is an opportune time to really set the tone for a positive and productive relationship with the with your teammates, right? With the, your employees, your people you're collaborating with. And for those of us who have worked remotely for a very, very long time, 
especially in the corporate space. This I, I remember learning this from a sales conference. The phrase was something like a micromanager is the death of a salesperson, right? And so like, while it may seem like, okay, we really need to level up our micromanaging right now because, you know, we're all working remotely. So we just want to make sure that all the wheels are turning, that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, you know? And so it's not a situation where you can really monitor that closely without it impacting the the rapport, the relationship. And so what I would lead leaders to do is to find out first and foremost, learn what your team's individual communication style is. I have this sheet that I've used before in helping managers develop their leadership style, like first time managers, especially. But if you've been leading for a while, are you aware of everyone's communication style? You know, some people like the check-ins via phone. Some people like the Zoom calls. Some people are more communicative in email or text messages or, or instant messaging. So understand what everyone's communication style is. And that way you're not overbearing them with anything or you're not underserving. You know, there's some people that do like the checking in at least once a week. Hey, how do you how do you like to be checked in with? You know, do you want to jump on a call once a week just to kind of go over your projects and you can give me an update? Does that feel like something that would help you. And some people are like, yes, I love that. Other people are like, no, you know what? I kind of got it. You know, I can just, how about I just every Friday before I log off, I just shoot you a quick email recap of everything that got accomplished for the week. Would that suffice? You know, so just understanding that uh, some people are more communicative and open to connecting than others. So learning their communication style will really make sure that you lead and manage to that personality. The second thing I would recommend for leaders is to find out as you're under learning their communication styles to find out what they, what they value as far as motivation, what motivates them individually. Some people like recognition, some people like flexibility. Like if you, if they are completing a task early, what motivates them is some freedom of time. So if they've completed a task early or completed a project early, are they going to be allotted a time, you know, log off early on Fridays or, you know, log in late next Monday, you know what I mean? Or take Friday off and it's no, it's no big deal. You completed the project early. So find out what motivates them. Little things. I mean, I've had people say that I, you know, I appreciate Starbucks gift cards, you know, so if you ever want to say a thank you, you know, a personal handwritten note with a Starbucks gift card really goes a long way for me. Like, okay, great. Some people like the the recognition, you know, so, you know, if you have a company, you have a, a group of Facebook page or, or an Instagram post, or if you just want to send a company wide email saying, Hey, just sending out some kudos to recognize so-and-so that motivates them. That helps them feel like, you know, they got the gold star for the week. Uh, so just find out what, what motivates each individual person. Sometimes it's an incentive. If you offer a bonus program or a referral program, then a financial incentive is what motivates them. So every everyone's just at, at different places in life. And when you know what motivates them, you can lead to that. And when you reward them with those things, it only motivates them for them to continue to do well. Yeah, and I love that you brought this up because actually just yesterday I went to the mailbox and I you know, was walking back and kind of flipping through and I got a postcard from our VP of events just saying, you know, thank you for all you do. We want to be here where we are without you. We wouldn't be where we're going without you, you know, and thank you for continuing to stay motivated during this time. And it was just nice to see that somebody was paying attention and still finding ways to connect in a different way. Obviously, we're on, again, the Zoom calls all the time, but it was another way to kind of recognize and appreciate the staff. 
Totally. You see something some simple like that. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture, especially right now. It's kind of hard to do, right? But the simple things really go a long way. I think our expectations have really dropped because of where we are, you know? So, I mean, people, you can find a, a case of toilet paper and you think you've won the day, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so our, our level of expectation has dropped. But the final one I would offer, Christina, is to be flexible really with your employees. Like they they are working from home. They're, they're, they have children at home. They have they have pets, like you said, and laundry's piling up. And, and for, especially if you have employees whose spouses are still an essential worker, they even have their own set of issues that they have to work around. And my husband is an essential worker. So I tell, you know, he comes home from work. I have to do laundry every day because he, we're not, you know, it's recommended not to let the, the laundry from someone being on the outside to pile up because of the particles that can stay on the clothes. So we have to wash every evening. He doesn't come and like greet us or anything yet. He goes straight to the shower. And I know he has to be in bed at a certain hour because he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work. So it's just very, we have our own set of things that we have to be respectful of so that he can do what he has to do. We get to stay home, the girls and I, but he has to get up and leave the house every morning. And so we try to make sure dinner's done at a certain hour and the girls are you know, quiet in the evenings, but he can get, you know, get to bed without being disturbed and things like that. So really understanding everyone is really trying to deal through this. Give your, give your employees an out. I know a lot of companies use like a chat, like a chat room of some sort, whether it be Skype or Teams or Yahoo Messenger, you know, really connecting to each one of your employees and saying, Hey, if you need to step away because you have to change a diaper or put somebody down for a nap or, you know, you promised your daughter you would do a puzzle with her, whatever it is, you know, if you need to step away to take care of something that your family requires of you, just put your away message off. And we know not to expect you to answer right away. We know not to call you on the phone to try to disrupt whatever you're doing. We'll be respectful of the fact that you just needed to step away to go do this. It, it establishes a trust. Like it's, look, I need to trust that you're doing, you're going to do what, you know, we need you to do today. But I also trust that you will have to take care of your family. And as long as you trust me that I, that I can be respectful of that, then we can be fine. But it really just, it div- we need each other to trust and give flexibility and understanding at this point, because we really don't have any other choice. What are you going to do? Put cameras in someone's house to make sure they're staying productive. You can't do that. Right. So we really have to extend some grace and understanding in this time. It sets the tone because when this is over and we go back to whatever normalcy looks like after this, it's this time that people remember. I mean, think about when those of us who have worked in corporate environments or even who have had our businesses, when an employee's mom passes away or an employee has an ailing parent or a sick child or, you know, there's there's a, a death or a divorce or some sort. When, a, when an employer says, take some time, do what you got to do, you know, let us know how we can help. That really goes a long way. It really sets the tone for the relationship. And so uh, this is an opportunity for us to engage from that place. So there are a lot of barriers due to COVID-19 that, that can show up besides the obvious, you know, the home life situation, some people having to go in the office or going to work while their families are at home or having limited interaction with their family and friends at this time. And, and that's, you know, extremely difficult. And some of the other barriers that people can find themselves in are lack of creativity, loneliness, other kind of difficulties that come with it. You know, we talked about this earlier where 
some days you just might be more emotionally overwhelmed by what's going on and what you're seeing. What can you say to listeners who might be facing some of these other barriers? As someone who is somewhat of an influencer myself, right? Because I do, I do posts and I have blogs and stuff and I use social media to market my business and my services. I will tell you, one of the worst things that we do to ourselves at times is force ourselves to show up and perform when we don't feel good, right? We think like if we slap on a smile and we create some really endearing post right? And we post a photo that isn't representative of how we're feeling that we are still, you know, doing what we're supposed to do. Like we're doing, we're performing, it's out there, we're making it happen. And it, and we think like, okay, as, as long as it looks this way and nobody knows how I'm really feeling, it's not going to come across. It still weirdly comes across. If it feels forced, it's intuitively received that way. And so it might look a certain way, but if, if you feel down. If you feel like I'm just not my best self right now, do not force yourself to do, do not, you know, take a second to just be with yourself. Let yourself feel what you're feeling. Examine what these feelings are here to teach you. These emotions here to tell you address that, that lesson, and then let it swing, let it move past that impermanence word that we talked about before. And it's okay to tell your boss and it should be okay as business owners, event planners, if you're if you will heed this is, you know, give your employees an opportunity and space to tell you like, you know what, I'm having a rough time right now. I'm having a rough day. Uh, I think I need to just take a day or half a day or go do, you know, go take a nap or something, you know, but I'm just, I'm not my best self right now and not be, not force yourself and others to just suck it up and, and just go just do. I think that that is the worst thing to do right now. Yeah, taking some time for um, for your mental health, I think, is extremely important. We've had a few people, you know, say, I'm taking a mental health day. I need to just get offline for a day. And yeah, I think that's extremely important as well. You know, the days tend to blur together. If, you know, before we used to look forward to the weekend. Now it's just like another day. That is one of the heavy ways that a lot of us who work really hard to pay the bills, but also do weekend stuff. And so now... You can't even enjoy the fruit of your labor to, to go out and you know spend the day going to an amusement park or going to the movies or going to the theater, doing some shopping. You know, it's you can't even go even pampering, you know, I mean, just to get your, your mani-pedi, get some eyelashes, you know, get your eyebrows done or maybe go get your hair done. All those things was, were kind of like, you know, I worked really hard this week. I'm going to reward myself, you know, or with the kids, you go do stuff with the kids and it's you can't even do that. And so it's like, feels like you're just working to pay the bills, working to pay the bills. I mean, granted, we're probably all saving some money right now because we're not spending as much on the weekends, but it is, it takes the excitement or even not only the excitement out of the weekend, but the element of wanting to work really hard. What's helped me as far as work goes is, you know, knowing that I'm still showing up and offering guidance and connecting people and still working with my clients and things like that, that helps, that keeps me motivated. So that way I don't get so 
self, I guess, involved with my sadness that I'm giving, you know, sort of when we're giving, when we're sharing, when we're serving, it sort of takes the attention off of us and puts it on serving and doing better for others. So that is one way that I've helped soothe my some of the moments where I'm feeling down and to stay motivated. You know, like I said earlier, we're saving money right now. So I've like turned to my finances and like, okay, where can I pay down some debt? You know, where can I, you know, put some money away, you know, stuff like that. And that sort of keeps my numbers game up. You know, I'm managing my finances that way rather than budget so that we can go out this weekend and go do this. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go do that now. So now let's see where I can put this money that can be more effective. And I realize that that is a blessing because not every I'm hearing about all these people that have now lost their jobs and having to shut down their businesses. And so it's their circumstances are different. So I'm grateful that I, I have the ability to do this, but it keeps me motivated. It keeps me like, okay, I got to get up and do the work because I, I've made this plan that I'd like to stick to is this numbers plan. But also I reward myself at night by just not having to do. So if that means I put my phone away after a certain time, that is my reward to myself. So I work and work and I do what I got to do so that at a certain time I can plug in my phone and just leave it upstairs. And then when I go downstairs and I cook and, and I relax and I veg for those of us who are sort of Thai bays and we have to constantly be doing in order to feel like you're being productive, you know, you're you're not wasting time, you're not being wasteful, changing that dichotomy and saying, you know what, I, I did everything, like I said this morning in my intentions, everything that needed to get done, got done, whatever didn't get done, can wait till tomorrow, you know, or just, and I'm just going to rest. So that motivates me. That motivates me to like, okay, let me make sure that I get finished at a certain hour because I just want to sit downstairs and cook and light some candles and play, pour myself a glass of red wine, throw on some jazz and just be, you know, and sit down. That's my reward. That's my reward to myself, you know? So that's what motivates me. But yeah, you have to find where your sweet spot is, you know, what you enjoy. Cause not everyone enjoys cook. I mean, I don't particularly enjoy cooking, but I enjoy the setting of cooking that I set for myself. You know, the jazz, the, the candles, glass of wine, slippers, And it motivates me to want to cook, which is something it's like, I don't like cooking, but I'll do it if I can do it like that. So so, uh, again, it's, um, you have to just find your sweet spot and what motivates you. And that's the same thing, like with the communicating to your employees, people communicate differently. People have different reward systems. So you just got to find what your sweet spot is and plan your day so that you can do that at least for a couple of hours at the end of the day. Yeah, I think setting expectations, I think sometimes, like they say, a recipe for disappointment. And so I think it's kind of just lowering maybe those expectations and coming up with some things you might want to do for the day. But if you don't accomplish them, you know, it's not the end of the world. Roll it over. (laughs) Do what you can. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation today, Michelle. I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to speak to about the current environment, what they can do? They try and navigate being at home and being with their families and in you know tight spaces and not really being able to go out. Yeah, I think it, I mean I think about my extroverted friends. <laughs> you know, if you have extroverted friends, you know, really check on them because they're not doing well. You know, a lot of us who are I'm an ambivert, so I can do I can I'm not a I'm in the middle. I'm not an extrovert or an introvert. I'm, I can be the, I can be both. I'm in the middle. But if people who are extroverts gain their energy from connection that's where they get their energy. They love it, you know? And so when, when they don't have that, 
and they're isolated at home, it could be a real emotional shock to their system. So if you can just send a text or just reach out and say hello, or, you know, if they want to do a Zoom chat and you can just spend a couple of minutes with them, that is your way of sort of adding a little sprinkle to the world, you know, so think, you know, we'll be open to that sort of connection. And also remember that not everybody has made the distinction yet between solitude and loneliness. A lot of times people who are isolated at this point haven't for a very, very long time, many people have not practiced the art of solitude. And so therefore they equate this time with loneliness and it could fall into depression and anxiety and fear. And if you have gotten to that place where you can be with yourself and not feel lonely, that's wonderful, but not everybody has. If people are irritable right now, or people are feeling like you're not doing enough to reach out, or you're feeling pressured because you're not as available to everyone else, it could just be because you are a lot closer to being okay with solitude because you created that relationship with yourself, but others aren't. So just be, be gracious about that and understanding that, you know, other people are just might be having a more difficult time. Thank you, Michelle. That's a great reminder. I think for all of us to just be mindful of other people and where they're coming from as well. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at exposedconferencespodcast.buzzsprout.com.